Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Support WrestleTalk. Tell a friend. Making their way to the ring at a combined weight of undeniably sexy, hailing from London, the Wrestle Ramble Podcast. Hello and welcome to Wrestle Ramble. I am Ollie Davis and I am joined by Luke Owen. Hello, the Swaft Nation. How are you, Oliver Davis? I know why you said Swaft Nation, because someone in the comments said you should call us Swaft Nation. Yeah, people don't like being called the Wrestle Talk Universe or Wrestle Talkers, so people prefer Swaft Nation. So yeah, I'm a man of the people. So I'm I'll switch it to Swaft Nation. I'm glad we've uh, we've we've moved on to Swaft Nation. Yeah. Because anything that is universe now, you see it with other promotions like like I think TNA called their fans something weird at one point. Yeah. And you can tell it was just a consequence of WWE. Everyone seems everyone seems to both criticize WWE but still follow them down this path of awful production oh, tricks. Yeah, and I think it's because you look at them and you're like, "Oh, well, I hate the things that they do." But they are a multi-billion dollar organisation, so maybe they're doing something right. Yeah, so I'm glad we're not calling people universe anymore. That's fine with me. It's I'm an absolutely I'm, awful thing. It is. Also, I kept getting the order wrong, so just having one uh, thing is... That's fine and dandy with me. And it's a lot more merchable. Yes. You can just get a Swaff Nation t-shirt. Yep. We'll make it eventually. I'm a Swaff Nation member. Did you see someone made a really cool t-shirt design yes. of you? I loved that t-shirt. It was so good. I genuinely thought it was great. My my lady partner wants to wear it. So for audio people, which is everyone, because this is podcast exclusive, you idiot. it was a it was your hat yes. and just your beard and moustache, wasn't it? Yes, right. Yeah, no face, just blacked out. Yes, That's pretty cool. It was excellent. I loved it. I want a copy. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to read out some iTunes reviews from the US. Thank you, everyone, for writing them in. Did we do Brandon you? That seems like a familiar name. Uh, Graveyard Shifts. No, that, this was the last one we did, which was A7X David. Excellent. So Brandon Yu writes, Keep up the great work. Thank you, Ollie and Luke, for helping me get through my solo Graveyard Shifts at my grocery store job. You guys are the best. Keep up what you're doing. I will be listening. Hashtag swaft. Well, great. Woo! Cheers, Woo! Brandon Cheers. Yu. Thank uh, you. I also used to work the Graveyard Shift at a grocery store. Uh, when I got out of university, I was looking to make a, uh, a short film. I was making my very first film, actually. And I essentially needed a finer job where I could work on the film during the day and then still make some money so I could make the movie. And that's what I did. I worked a late shift. I would start at 10 and finish at 6, 6 or 7. I would then go to the gym for an hour. Um, that was when I was trying to be a bit more healthy. Not so much nowadays. I'd try, I'd try but I fail. And then I would cycle back home, get about an hour's kip, and then my friend would come over, knock on the door, and then we would work on the film through the whole day. I was very ill by the end of it. Apologies, everyone. Luke sometimes gets his life confused with Kevin Smith. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, we have Puckhead00, who writes, two, do two dudes talking and awesome. And they just write, these guys know their stuff and still make it relatable. Woo! Thank Puckhead. you, Puckhead00. Zero zero. And finally, from Hawa. Lots of fun. These guys have fun doing what they do, and they appreciate their audience. My one complaint would be the ring bell sound effect is deadly loud if you are wearing headphones. Turn down the volume on that thing, or buy me more Advil. Michael in Mill Creek, Washington. What's Advil? 
Uh, that is like uh, paracetamol. Also, we didn't give him a cheap pop. Woo! Cheers, Mill Creek Michael. Mill Creek Michael. There's your <laughs> wrestling name. Uh, yeah, that's something that people have brought to my attention. I apologise. I'm the one who edits this thing, uh, and I've brought down the, uh, the the ring bell sound on all shows now. But for fun, we might just put in a really loud bit somewhere else. Yep. Maybe we just talk quietly for a while, like uh, like like Jake the Snake Roberts doing. <laughs> Okay, just so, numbers. Again, more importantly, how was your weekend? It was good. I didn't really do much. Dived into Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring. Mm-hmm. Uh, nothing wrestling related, really. It was it was a nice two-day break. I could have watched Ring of Honor. Mm-hmm. I could have watched the Ring of Honor TV on Friday. But I thought, you know what? Yeah, I'm just going to read a book. And oh, I started a new book. What book did you start? Well, I, start, I finally finished Dan Brown's Inferno, mm-hmm. which uh, is was, was awful. <laughs> it's a book, it though. It's terrible. A book, fans, uh, that Ollie got so engrossed into that he missed uh, his stop uh, when he was, you were coming over yeah, to my house. Yeah, come to yours. And uh, end up being on the wrong train in the wrong part of town. Well, it's it's certainly written to keep your attention in that it has about three pages per chapter, a ridiculous twist at the end of each one. So Dan Brown writes like Vince Russo, uh, <laughs> but, a, but with a bit more, it's a bit more plotted out in advance, I guess. And it's just hot shot booking. That's it. That's all it is. And every cliche, every trope uh, with a bit of high art chuck in, mm. chucked in there, which doesn't really gel with the rest of the tone of the book of ridiculous fantasy. I have just started a, a new audiobook. Mm. Um, 13 Reasons Why, actually, because I enjoyed the, the Netflix show so much. Oh, was it an adaptation of a book? Yes. Right. That I thought I would try and see what the book is like. And the first thing I will say, because I'm not that far into any of that, I'm still only on tape one, a side A, mm. um, is that it addresses the biggest criticism that the show had. Because the biggest pe- the biggest criticism people had about the show uh, was that, mate, just listen to the tapes. Just, yeah. just sit down and just listen to the tapes. And but they have to break that up just because otherwise it's not a series and um, uh, and they're, they're, that's addressed within the book because it's set over a twenty four hour period mm. where he just listens to the tapes. He doesn't constantly go to people and go like, "What are the tapes about?" And then people say, "Just listen to the tapes." Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't think that was the major my major criticism. <laughs> Was it was it was a terrible show. You did not like it, did you? No, terrible. Considering that I, I overwrought script, I I really bigged it up because I I loved the series. I thought it was really really great. Yeah. I got super emotional watching. I cried during mm. the final few episodes. So, but to to bring this full circle to a wrestling podcast, yes. we can't just blabber about anything. That's what the podcast is for. Sorry, yes. What did that teach you about wrestling? Have you got any wrestling insights from another another medium? Uh, no, but I did go to a um a podcast festival. That's on... more appropriate. <laughs> I did go to a podcast festival on Saturday, the London Podcast Festival, and they introduced this year a wrestling side to the podcast festival. And I went to go see the Attitude Era podcast boys doing their show. They did a review of W. WWE's Attitude Era documentary, which is available on the network, and it's rubbish. Mm. It's a really, really bad documentary where they kind of skirt over a lot of things and then do my favourite thing that WWE like to do in their revisionist history way, which is that, do you know who the real architects of the Attitude Era were? D-Generation X and Triple H. They were the real cornerstones. There wouldn't have been an Attitude Era if it weren't for Triple H. And that is, again, this kind of message that that this drives home. A lot of time spent on DX, Virtually no time spent on The Rock. In fact, The Rock is only brought up right at the end of the documentary mm. when they're talking about something else. And um, and then very small amount of time spent on Steve Austin. It was all Triple H, man. This is how, yeah. this is how North Korea approached their history books. And they, they wreck on history. And there's an amazing moment in the documentary that the, the AE podcast boys brought up. And I laughed out loud when they said it. There was an angle in uh, during the Attitude Era when Mark Henry was dating China. And China brought in her friend, quite mm. clearly a man in a wig. And uh, Mark Henry didn't realise this. He thought this was a lady. Oh. And so there was a... Basically, they said in so many words, they're off to have a threesome. Mm. And then in a backstage skit, you saw Mark Henry with this uh, with this man in drag. And then he's uh, doing a little bit of a kiss on him. And then he puts his hand up his skirt and goes, Sweet Jesus, she got a penis. And, wow. and like that that's like probably the most famous Mark Henry line from the Attitude Era Sweet Jesus she's got a penis and blows off the tongue and then uh, the penis it, it cuts to uh, Mark Henry like doing a, uh, a talking head being like 
I really think that angle um, like opened up a lot of people's eyes about um, transgender issues, mm. and I think it like it really helped people come to terms with with transgender stuff. And it's cutting to Mark Henry throwing up in a toilet because he's just accidentally grabbed a penis. And I'm like, I'm not sure. I'm not sure you did, Mark. I'm not sure the Attitude Era was really trans friendly. No, no, it's just decades ahead of its time. The Attitude Era. <laughs> there will become a time where everything is offense. Nothing's offensive, so you can do anything. And that's what, <laughs> and that, that's what, what the they Attitude... had the foresight to see. They they, they envisioned, envisioned the world without social justice warriors <laughs> or that without the alt right. Everyone just pisses on each other. <laughs> and there we have it, the Attitude Era. But it was a very good show by the boys. Uh, I met them afterwards. Actually, in a big shout out to those who came up to me to say hello and ask for their picture to be taken it was uh, very humbling uh, for me and it was very nice to chat to uh, anyone who came up to say hello to me well it's nice for your mum to go with you isn't well it? Yeah, yeah it was yeah, yeah. yeah. and was she nice. was there being like it's my boy he's from wrestle talk so when you met the attitude era podcast people yes did they uh when they oh look you're luke from, from no WrestleMania. we are we are not on their radar Ah. Not in the least. We talk about them all the time. I know, I put them over like a million bucks, but um, we are not on their radar. Uh, I tell you what's on everyone's radar, hopefully, because the WrestleTalk News episode... This is a rubbish segue. <laughs> I'm just going to say uh, apologies in advance for that. The On the WrestleTalk News episode today, we finally put out the poll deciding what our punishment for this month should be. Indeed. So at the moment, we're zero zero aren't we? Yes. Because we haven't done any competitions. We haven't done any fantasy booking warfare or pay-per-view predictions. We'll have no mercy, of course, at the end of the, uh, nearer the end of the month. Um, But it went up today for you to vote if the loser will have to record their version of a WWE Superstars entrance music. And thanks to all your comments on Saturday's episode, the top thumbed up suggestions are... John Cena's basic thugonomics. That is Word his life. original one. Word life. That's the basic thugonomics. Yeah, I I popped it on this morning to remind myself. <laughs> Are what there it any lyrics like. to it apart from a... word life? Booker Booker thugonomics. That's that's the problem. He says word life a lot, mm-hmm. and then I was like, "Are these lyrics or are these DJ scratches?" <laughs> because I well, I just guess we'll have to make. Our yeah. own music I was with say, our mouths. I wasn't sure whether there were. I, I was trying to remember it, and I was only thinking. I, I was thinking. I'm pretty sure there are no lyrics to this. Yeah, there are. There are words. I wouldn't call them lyrics. <laughs> there are word lives. But then there's Shawn Michaels' "Sexy Boy." Yep, an absolute Tune. classic. Hulk Hogan's "Real American." I'm pulling for that to win because it's one of my favourite entrance themes of all time. The person who suggested it, who got all the upvotes, said it'll be funny to see two Brits sing it. <laughs> And I like how we're saying this is Hulk Hogan's entrance music when really we all know it's Pat Patterson's entrance music. Mm. And uh, then we have Enzo More. Swaft is a sin. That's does, the title of his does song. Does that have lyrics? You're soft, you're sloppy. He usually but cuts it, an annoying promo over the top of it. <laughs> I was going to say, because like, there's that bit there. But then it's just... He seemed to be talking a lot in the song when I listened to it earlier. Oh, so yeah, yeah lo- lots of lyrics, but he likes to talk over the talky bits, doesn't he? Oh, so yeah. that's probably why you haven't heard it. And an absolute tuna rune, but uh, a kind of ironic um, content to the song, given that we are quite obviously macho men. Yep. Is Nia Sweet Jesus, we got penises. Nia Jax's I'm Not Like Most Girls. That is a <laughs> stonking tune. That yeah. is a five-star entrance theme. So if you want to vote for which one we have to do at the end of the month, go to the first WrestleTalk News for today and there'll be a poll in there and you can vote for which one. What's, which one so, are yeah. you pulling for? I So if I had to do it, I think I think John Cena's basic thugonomics would be the funniest, but I love sexy boys. I mean, sexy boy. <laughs> I love sexy boy. It was an intended, an intended Freudian I'm slip. sure it was. Uh, but the first blow has been struck in this has. competition yeah. because on Saturday, when we put the, uh, the idea for the, the punishment out there, we fantasy booked Shane McMahon versus Kevin Owens. 3,207 of you have voted. 62% prefer this guy to 38% over here. Yeah. In all fairness, uh, I'd have given you the vote simply for that Kevin Owens uh, thing. I think, as I said at the time, yeah. I thought your, your build was a bit weak in the start. But that payoff was so worth it. It was a great payoff. Yeah, it was. It was. It was superior. Yeah. <laughs> I like my one. I, it's 
yeah, I think I, I should have won. I, should well, I be humble here? No, no, it's fine. I, I, I mean, a shout out to the uh, the Scottish kid who um, said hello to me on um, at the London Podcast Film Festival, who said that he downloaded the podcast to listen to as he came down from Scotland, who very much enjoyed my fantasy book in Warfare and then fell asleep during yours. Well, we don't know when. I think after sitting through your one, that <laughs> finished him off. Just a bit tired. Of course. Yeah. Uh, so yes, the first blow has been struck. I, I think that was a well-earned victory by you. Should we get the Triple H pose? Yeah. So for audio listeners, we just shook hands and looked into the camera. The yeah, so that's one nil. Of course, there will be the no mercy predictions. If if I win that as well, it's over. But if you win that, then we'll have to do a decider. Well, of no, because we, we will have another fantasy booking warfare before. I don't uh, know when no mercy. Well, no is mercy's there. not till the end of the month. Is it right? And is it right at the end yeah, of the do month? Do you know what it is? It's the weekend. Uh, it's the weekend of my stag do. So that's uh, that's just next weekend. Yeah, so it gives us this week. We could do another we fantasy do, book. Oh, but that's, they take so much work. <laughs> I know, but we have to at least do three yeah, things. Otherwise, there's three. no... Best of three. I could just beat you in two, though. Yeah, well, you could do. Right, I'll just, I'll Although, just do that. I'll do as that. Uh, someone pointed out, if you go second, you're more likely to win. Yeah, so we'll have to see. Is that why you're pushing for a second fantasy <laughs> no. warfare? We've got some crap gimmicks for people. Uh, no, the, we've got crap gimmicks from people. From people. And four people, which are you, the listeners. Dan, the mayor of Painesville, Daniel... Dan! Dan! Dan. We'll just call him Dan, he's got a hard to pronounce last name. Has suggested via Patreon, Mrs. 69. This is sticking with the Attitude Era uh, Mark Henry stuff. Her finisher is Safety First. Safety, sorry, Safety Fist, which is a diving fist drop. So like uh, John Cena's Five Knuckle Shuffle. Another sexy... Related that is a very sexy thing. related term. Uh, with gestures, so this is before she does the move, with the gesture that looks like she's putting a condom over her fist. Why that couldn't just be anything you put your <laughs> fist into, yep. I don't know. But she is a female viscera slash sexual chocolate Mark Henry. The gimmick wouldn't work because it's 2017. Yeah, that is very much a Vince Russo gimmick of like the late 90s. Um, Probably would have got over like a house on fire during the Attitude Era. But um, yeah, not so much now. So I think this... I'm reluctant to put this into the the crap gimmicks roster. Yeah, the the active roster. Because (laughs) I'm thinking, because it's not a current... It wouldn't get past... Vince wouldn't entertain this idea. No. Because it's too non-PG. It's it's 20 years too late. Mm. So, um, sorry, Dan, that doesn't make the crap gimmicks roster. We have... This is a confusing one from Rocker yeah, Rollerball Beverlock. I'm, I don't get this one at all. So let's try and work through it. Yeah. Okay, so it's called... I think it's a tag team yes, called it is. The Glamorous Fam. Okay. Uh, led by Big Al, Mike Al, and Cole. Yes, so that bit I get because it's Michael Cole. Right. Yes. Okay. Cole is a very spry lad, quick and eager. His finishing move is a switching music style hype up manoeuvre, but whenever he runs out of the corner to, so you know, he's stomping the, the corner. Mm-hmm. Whenever he runs out of the corner to kick someone, he gets clotheslined. His finisher is basically getting clotheslined, setting up the desperate hot tag. Mike is always out of reach though, leaning on the turnbuckle, acting all cool, while Cole always loses. Why? Here's why. I guess that's a mm-hmm. slapping head thing. Mike's a hand puppet. He is a hand puppet. Yeah, that's where you lose me there, Rollable. I'm, I do apologise. I, I, I think I've got it. So, uh, Well, I, I get the idea that the reason why he can't tag someone in is because they're a hand puppet. But why can't he tag them in? <laughs> because what would... you get there and then you just you get a second lease of life once you put your hand into the... The hand puppet. It's oh, a completely new person. Yeah, no, I see what you're saying now. Yeah. Yeah. It's actually, do you know what? It's a bit like um The King of the Ring ninety eight, I'm gonna say it might be ninety nine. It's one of those two. Sure. I, I can't quite remember. But they did uh, have a tag match between Too Much, which was the pre too cool version of Too Cool, was mm. when they were meant to be greasy heels. 
and too cool as a gimmick where they were meant to be heels as well because you meant to like look at these two doofuses these two white doofuses and everyone was like no these white doofuses are hilarious one mm. of them does the worm but this is when they were like greasy heels and they was like had jerry the king lawler in their corner because of brian christopher and they were feuding with al snow and they had a tag match between too much and right. al snow and head sure and they're beating out beating down al snow beating down al snow he gets to the corner and he tags in head and then essentially just gets up and runs wild using heads on too much um the the humorous end of this match don't know if you recall how the match ends i do not so the end of the match is that they take al snow out of the ring and then jerry lawler slides something into brian christopher and he puts it down in front of head covers it and the ref counts three because he slid in a bottle of head and shoulders which he put under head so now the shoulders are being pinned to the mat Oh, that's really smart. <laughs> and then you just got Isn't Brian. Isn't that too nuanced though for a well? Yeah, they they put, they finish. had to put it over on commentary, and then you got Brian Christopher just running around going like the head, the head had shoulders, he had shoulders. Oh wow. Okay. So I think that's the sort of like your version of it is that he would go and grab the hand puppet and then get a new lease of life. Yeah. Almost like a, I'm thinking like a Mister Flibbles from Red Dwarf. Sure. In which I- case, if that's the case. That's a gimmick I can get behind. Yeah, I'm thinking of the Batman villain. Is he called the Ventriloquist? Is it that simple? Um, He's got a creepy... But the idea is... From the animated series or from the comics? uh, He's in the comics at the moment. He was just in a Tom King story. But the... Yeah, the the idea is, because he's got such a damaged psyche, Mm. that he genuinely does get another resurgence. He's this really super confident puppet, but he's a a cowering man behind the puppet. The puppet controls him. Yeah, that's the one who cuts all the promos. See, you know what? I can... I'm getting behind the gimmick. That, that, your version, I'm I'm totally getting behind. I'm getting behind the gimmick. Fully aware that I wouldn't like the gimmick. (laughs) Which is what what a crap gimmick is. This could happen. I'm because it kind of fits in with Vince's uh, Mike, no- not Mike Knox, um, Festus. Mm. That whole thing when the bell rings is a different person. Yep, and and it's kind of a mixture of that mentality and Santino's Cobra. Yep, where he gets the the deadly Cobra on his hand. Oh, I'm kind of. Is this the first one that goes that joins? Are we going to sign well, someone to the crap roster? What are we are doing here is we are essentially uh, you have given us a pitch and we have pitched a slight alternate to it. As a creative team, we are coming together to form something, and I think what we have creatively formed together can work on the crap gimmick roster. Yeah, because in our in our way, he makes the hot tag. Yes. Exactly. And he's, he's a different person with the, the hand puppet. Yeah. Oh, you could have some crazy. So if it's a little hand puppet. I could I could arm drag you with just <laughs> just a finger. Yes, I love and that. And do all yeah. those sorts of things. Go so up great. to the top rope yeah. and like do a, a <laughs> corkscrew four fifty. Yeah. Really safe. What a safe way to wrestle a match. What is uh, absolutely and the other guy's just gotta bump around like a madman getting ready for the hot tag. Put Kenny Omega or Kota Ibushi in there. <laughs> Dave Meltz will give it five stars right away. And Jim Cornette will hate it. Oh. Yes he would. Yeah. Uh so I mean because the crap when we started the crap gimmick roster a couple of weeks ago, we just thought it would be a one-off thing. But people really love it and send in loads of suggestions. This is the first one I've thought maybe this is. Yeah, this is the what. This I, could be the one. I think we can put this, and I can. De- so, but should we put it out to the? Well, I mean, yeah, but we, we're the Vince McMahon in this. We are the Vince, yeah. but we need to test it with the crowd. Okay, well, yeah, let, we'll put it out for a couple of matches, and we'll see what the crowd response is. Yeah, and uh, see if it gets it. over. Yeah, see if it gets over. But it's not meant to get over. <laughs> oh, I don't know how this works. We're still I, figuring out ourselves, guys. But I'll tell you which one will get over. And this came from Steve Smith via Twitter, who got in touch to give... And this is spot on, a perfect crap gimmick. As soon as I read it, it's about five words long, and I knew exactly what it was, yeah. and this is why I loved it. Jack the Lumberjack, he brings a log to the ring. His finisher is the double axe handle. That's a crap gimmick. That it's, is a crap gimmick. It is a crap gimmick. Why do you love it so much? Because that's that is a perfectly <laughs> crap gimmick of just like, uh, it's it's the the Bruce Pritchard uh, mm. gag of boxer gimmicks of just like we have all these ideas we just pick one out and says like hey you're this guy, and that's that's someone in a creative meeting was just like oh Jack the lumberjack finish a double axe handle perfect put that in the boxer gimmicks. I like how lame it is. Yes, that the the name itself. There's been no effort to differentiate <laughs> no. the syllables. It's just Jack, Jack the, the Lumberjack. lumberjack. Yeah. It's not like 
Jack, Jackie, Jackie boy, the lumberjack. No, it's you, know, just, you haven't. It's just the same thing twice. That's a really poor effort pun, yeah. which gives you immediate thumbs up. Immediate thumbs up. That Jack the lumberjack would have featured in the gimmick battle royal at WrestleMania X Seven. I'm just thinking, but can it get over? Um, no, he'd have got no, over like the goon. No, no. If you give this the, da- I think this should be the test, the Damien Sandow test. Uh, can yeah, Damien Sandow Damien Sand- get this over? Because would- if he can't. It's done. Well, Damien Sandow could definitely get this over, and I know I can tell you for why. Because he'll make so much out of the double axe handle. That's the key to it. That's where he'd get it over. Is the building up to the double axe handle, like a and getting, swing and get, prepare for and it. getting the crowd to be like, oh, oh spin around like yeah. when Marty Skill does the chicken, chicken wing. wing. Exactly. I you know. Now we've said that. Maybe the uh, the glamorous fam could get over too as a tag team. Well, the fact I'll be honest with you, glamorous fam would easily get over. It's a guy with a hand puppet who does yeah. wrestling moves. As soon as you said four fifty splash off the top, because he's just going to stand there, yeah. and do it. I'm instantly sold. He's not in the crap roster gimmick anymore. <laughs> he's not, he's not in there. Oh, sorry, Rocker, you were close. You so were close. you had one foot. You had one finger from the hand puppet in there, but. No, he got over with us. We still don't quite know how this works, though, because that to me is still a crap gimmick and belongs on the crap gimmick roster. No, it's got to not. It's got to be is genuinely it, is it good, crap. Is it good, gen- not- okay, fair enough. Yeah. See, the thing is, you and I appreciate different things in wrestling. But I, I th- appreciate a crap gimmick. I think Jack the Lumberjack. I can't see me enjoying it. <laughs> it's because you like. I can't, and I can't you see are the, the crowd of this conversation. I can't see the crowd getting into it either. It's like if you gave Jack the Lumberjack as a gimmick to. Kenny Omega. That would not get over. That would be horrible. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What do you think? Do you think it goes in? I love it. You want to sign Jack? I'd sign Jack the Lumberjack. I think that is a perfect crap gimmick. I'm just thinking if he does get it over and he builds up the double axe handle finish, oh, that could be <laughs> yeah. good. I don't know. Do you want to sign him? Is this I'm, the first sign? I'm, I'm going to sign him. Okay. Well, he's signed to your brand. <laughs> Snore. Yeah, I like it. Very good. What's mine? Whack down. <laughs> Don't know. That sounds Whack a bit. Down. Okay, to the mailbag questions. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost fifty pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. So our first question comes from John McBride of Frankenstein. And he writes in with, 
With the rumours that Brock Lesnar will hold the title until WrestleMania against Roman Reigns, what will Braun Strowman do after No Mercy? They built him so well and logic dictates he should win the belt, but I have a feeling he won't. I just don't see someone for him to feud with afterwards. Going back to Roman will hurt him because Roman would win that feud. So, so, oh, excuse me, I've got hiccups. So who knows... Who, so who knows should he face after? So who should he face after, I guess, what that means. Mm -hmm. Love your show and keep up the good work. Thanks, John McBride of Frankenstein. What happens to Braun after No Mercy? Because he ain't winning that match. I don't think he's winning that match either. Um, spoilers for the prediction mm. show when that comes in a couple of weeks. <clears throat> um, and you've actually written down some good suggestions here because I was also struggling with this. My first thought, and this is hilarious how short-term my memory is, my first thought was like, oh, I'll put him in a feud with Roman Reigns. And then I thought... We literally just had that, and it was and it, it was, was on for one. and it was on for months as well. So actually, yeah, that was a terrible idea. But I like the last one you've got on your list here. Should we go through them? Yes, I've, I've written down four names. Now, my first one is Undertaker. I think that would, of course, that'd be a huge way to get uh, Braun over. It doesn't matter if Undertaker loses because that would def hopefully definitely be his last match. Well, I guess if he has one at Survivor Series. And one at WrestleMania. This is of all, of course, if Undertaker is ready to come back. Yes. Or capable. Because he did have a major hip operation in April. Mm. And it's, you know, those take a long time to recover from. Yeah, totally. So I can't see it happening. But, you know, PW Insider said he was in the ring at SummerSlam training. Uh, both Dirty Sheets and Wrestling News World have, have said there's, there's at least talk backstage of it happening. Even so far as Mark Calloway committing to a match with John Cena at Survivor Series Damn. which is you know pretty strong words I don't know how much I think, I think if at. you're if you're Undertaker that's probably a good place to retire because that's where you came in you yeah. still like the, the, it also it's doesn't Texas. it doesn't diminish the Wrestlemania thing either because that was his last Wrestlemania match sure yeah and, that's his, and that was his big thing was Wrestlemania so but I think ending off on the pay-per-view where you started I mean my friends and I always used to, to fancy book when we were students that it should be Ted DiBiase that uh, well Ted DiBiase Jr. Mm. that retires The Undertaker because his dad was the one who brought him in wow that is uh, I mean that was an idea thought up about eight years ago <laughs> well yeah I mean I've been graduating for ten years yeah. so make of that what you will legacy <laughs> I bet getting Cody Rhodes will win a win a championship at the same time. Well, do you time. know what I think? Future that, of the company. I think do. that Ted DiBiase and Cody Rhodes have just got a really bright future ahead of them. Oh. I just really hope that one of them wins that WrestleMania match against Randy Orton mm. because Randy Orton certainly doesn't need the rub. <sighs> so yes, Undertaker. I think yeah. So that that was my first idea because mm -hmm. you just want someone to put over Braun Strong. Uh, John Cena was my second one. Yeah, I mean big a few, star, big star, big big match, John. And like big match, John is also very good at selling against monsters. Uh, look mm. at his feud with Umanga, uh, as uh, William Regal would say. So yeah, I think big match, John would do quite well in that, and that would be very good for Braun, mm. especially. And like the thing with Cena as well is that that's a feud that he can win, and Cena will be okay, f uh, you know, coming out of that. Yeah. So I mean, if Cena is coming back at Royal Rumble, apparently the idea is he'll return to SummerSlam. So SummerSlam, the SmackDown. You'll have because he'll leave after No Mercy, reportedly, to do uh, the Transformers film. Come back to face Jinder Mahal for the WWE title at the Rumble. At the Rumble, that's okay. that's the reported, rumored, planned, mm -hmm. whatever it is. So uh, Braun could Braun could have a good match with Cena at a Royal Rumble, possibly. BT Dubs. Uh, I really hope that's not the case mm. because we just had that this year where Cena just came back after some time off. And just had a title match. And a great and, match. And he, well, it was a great match. But then he just won the title. And, and then he dropped it two weeks later. Yeah. Yeah. It's a bit, bit rubbish. That was a, that was a dark time. Mm. Uh, but then I've written down here, and this is probably my favourite from a match quality perspective, and that's Samoa Joe. Yeah. And I, but I, I think it'd be great because Joe's awesome. Uh, but the other side of that, and this is why I'm leaning more towards the John Cena side of things, is because if you're looking to keep Braun strong, especially coming out from a loss yeah. against Brock Lesnar, you need Strowman to be... You need a few that can kind of get him back up to a, 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 a monster level again. And I kind of <laughs> don't want to see Samoa Joe be a victim of that. Yeah, that is the problem. Like, we, like we haven't really seen Joe... I mean, I know he's injured, like, but like we, there's been no mention of Joe since um, SummerSlam. Mm -hmm. I forgot what the pay-per-view was that there's just been. 
So I think that like using Joe uh, as as a uh, a victim to get Braun over is damaging to Joe, and there's so much more leverage, uh, so much more mileage to get out of Joe just before that. Yeah, definitely. It's but it's both their time to rise. You exactly, don't want one's yeah. rise to come at the expense of another. No. But I just you know just indulge From, me for a moment. Oh, absolutely. You've got Braun Strowman. He's a guy that likes to kick ass, and you've got Samoa Joe, a guy that likes to kick ass. Both mm. heels, yep. but both badass heels that the crowd are willing to cheer for. I completely agree. And they could just go in there and have a really good super heavyweight clash with some crazy spots. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I would love to see that, but you you are right. Now is not the right time. Now, from a character perspective, apart from the Undertaker idea, uh, but that's you know probably no not going to happen at all. Uh, is Bray Wyatt. Yeah, and this is an interesting one because Wyatt um, has not had a great 2017. I'd go as far as to say he's had an awful 2017. He went into WrestleMania as the WWE champion. What are you talking about? Many people will probably forget that come the end of the year. Um, He has had a dreadful 2017, just bad feud after bad feud. Bad match after... Well, not bad match, but boring match after boring match. House of Horrors. Hindered by gimmicks. Hindered by gimmicks. Promos on the Titan Tron. Like, that, that's what his 2017 would be remembered for. And, like, he's really going to struggle. So, he is someone that you could use because WWE seeing him as having star power to get Braun back up to the end. He, mm. you know, he could be someone who is expendable for Braun to win. And as you say, from a storyline perspective, because they've never really played up on the idea that Braun was Bray's disciple and he was separated from the the flock because of the brand split he wouldn't he didn't decide to leave the Mm. white family the brand split split the family up and they've never really played up on the idea of bray and braun being on the same brand which i mean wwe continuity is i suppose yeah well there was a really nice moment at survivor series i was always hoping around 2016 last year you had luke and Bray and Randy on one side on the SmackDown side and Braun Strowman was on the Raw side and I thought maybe the Wyatt family is stronger than the brand split Mm. and they'll all unite together to take out everyone eventually turns out that spot went to the shield but the the, they never there was a moment when Braun said in that build I'm not on anyone's team I'm on my team and I thought that was the clearest cut he's not a Wyatt family member anymore he never was addressed as such since but it would be nice to just go back and... Because there's so much potential in the story there. Bray could suddenly decide, I brought you in. I was your cult leader. I was, you know, you are my disciple. And I want you back. You know, you, you're mine again now. Yeah. And Braun's like, well, I'm not going to do that. It's just, to you know, it'd have to be a very sensitively written storyline to not make Braun look like a minor. You wouldn't want him slipping under Bray's spell at all ever again. Mm. Uh, it'd be difficult to keep them the same level still but i think if you manage to make that work that's the most rewarding story that gets brawn over more in the long run i agree so there's like a sliding scale of stuff there you've got taker and cena uh would have the most benefit for the most benefit for brawn to put on that uh the the fist finisher (laughs) again and then samoa joe would have the best match but no one it just wouldn't work out someone would have to lose there but Bray Wyatt's probably the best option. I think Bray Wyatt is the best option as well yeah. in that. And actually, it's funny, if I was on Friday while I was uh, writing, I was working from home on Friday, uh, I didn't have to come into the studio, I was watching the WWE Network collection, The Destruction of the Shield, mm. which basically just collects all of their best moments and their best matches. And they had the uh, the Wyatt's versus Shield match from uh, the Elimination Chamber, so t- 2000-whatever it was. Oh man, alive! Like what a great match! What a great and so, the Whites were so over. Mm. You forget how over the Whites were as a group. Yeah, I remember when they first did that that face off, the Shield and the Wyatt family. I think it was a roar in the UK. Uh, that I might be wrong though, but the, the, a few times in recent memory has the hard cam actually shook. Yeah. actually started to shake because the crowd are on their feet going nuts. And like at the Elimination Chamber match, as soon as they, they both stepped into the ring, there was an all instant, this is awesome. Yeah. And, the, and it only got, went up from that. The crowd were rabid throughout. It was awesome. And, and it was awesome. It like, was awesome. Sometimes yeah. that's like, ah, uh, the crowd are chanting, this is awesome, when it's not. But that was genuinely awesome from the moment they all started facing off. Oh, such a Bray Wyatt mark back then. Yeah, and I remember going, Eric Rowan's a good wrestler. <laughs> And even he was very impressive in that match. Yeah. Next up, we have Phil Stopford, uh, Britain's next top model, no least, who has gone in touch to contribute to something we talked about 
last week or, or the week before, and it was about the NXT crowd. Mm. And one of our viewers, Karen Peterson, yep. I think, she uh, complained about the NXT crowd. That no, the, no, well, we complained about oh, the NXT sorry. crowd, and she defended. There's a them. long story yeah. there. But you can she, go back to the message. You can check out, yeah. go back to the uh, video and check that out. But she said at one point in the crowd there was a college student. She thinks that shouted in a match uh, with Peyton Royce in. Peyton, show us your penis. Yeah. Like which... Mark Henry. <laughs> <laughs> very insulting. Not very nice at all. And But we misread it because it was P and the stars out. We thought, oh my God, they said the P word for a lady part. Like a cat. Which would have been, I, I thought that would have been more mortifying. But to stop us from mansplaining, <laughs> we have the perspective of Phil Stopford's um, wife lady or partner. girlfriend? We just, lady just say lady partner. He just yeah, he, he literally says lady, says lady partner. partner. So Phil writes, I've just asked my lady partner about that shout directed at Peyton at an NXT taping, and she thinks that having that complete wanker, we can say that, <laughs> we can say that. shouting show us your penis is a lot worse than show us your cat. 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 The reason being that shouting cat, cat is juvenile and idiotic, but doesn't say she's so ugly she looks like a bloke. Either way, the knobhead should have been thrown out. Well, that means that much we can all agree on. That yes. bloke is a knobhead. Here, 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 here. He was a knobhead. <laughs> I'm not even gonna broach that because I'm just gonna <laughs> gonna annoy someone. So finally, we have the mayor of Painesville, Dan, Dan, yet again, uh, because he's a Patreon man. Yeah, these uh, questions and comments do come from our Patreon backers. If you are one of our Patreon backers, you get a question front-lined into uh, to, uh, the Wrestle Ramble mailbag. Because we get a lot of emails. Yeah. And we love them all. Uh, love every single one of them. But Dan writes, how do you guys manage to watch WWE's weekly content without losing too much time? It's always a struggle for me when you have to stay up early and get home late because of work. I had to get rid of watching 205 Live because it became so much WWE in recent months. I couldn't handle it anymore. Of course I could watch it later on, but with all these spoilers and Wrestle Ramble reviews to be watched, nice work. It's pretty hard. Currently I'm watching the German broadcast of Raw and Smackdown between 10 and midnight. Raw was shortened to two hours here. Lucky. Ah, oh, wow, what a dream. It airs on Wednesday and Thursdays, a solution I'm not really satisfied with either. Please tell me how you watch Raw, SmackDown, NXT, 205 Live and pay-per-views without having large parts of your everyday life be taken away. Oh my god, you even watch Japanese and British wrestling on a weekly basis. What is your trick, wireless headphones? Um, I mean, what, what's your solution? Because I think you actually watch more resting than I do because I still haven't really got around to watching uh, Ring of Honor on a weekly basis and also you watch New Japan as well so Dan uh, just like having beautifully sculpted abs they don't come by luck you have to put in the work unfortunately but you do uh, you just be selective about what you watch mm. you don't have to watch everything you can just watch the good stuff and Raw and Smackdown yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. It's like, so we watch. I watch Raw and SmackDown every week. We we have to 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 record these shows. And I I essentially I get up very early to do so. Mm. So uh, I get up at five a.m. on a Tuesday morning to to watch Raw, so I can get Raw done and write up my notes before I come into the studio. SmackDown a bit later than that because it's a shorter show. And then NXT I watch while I'm in studio. I'm writing. I'm doing um, news uh, news uh, videos. So I kind of have NXT on in the background, watching it. Uh, but I don't bother with 205 Live, only because the WWE Network doesn't really give me a reason to watch 205 Live. I know we have a fan who watches these shows that keeps begging us to watch it, but I'm pretty sure we're never going to get around to, to watching it on a weekly basis. Um, and the Mae Young Classic was another one I kind of sort mm. of had to... I, I had to watch while I was in studio so that I could kind of ingest then. So in answer to your question of how do you do it without uh, ruining too much of your daily life, I suppose we're lucky in that we work talking about wrestling, so we can watch wrestling at work. Um, that's your that's your tip. Is get to, a job get a, in get a, a wrestling get a job YouTube in a wrestling. channel. Yeah, exactly. That's what you need to do. But the, the better answer is just to, to be selective, I think, with, with what you watch. And in, in fairness, at the moment, you don't even have to watch SmackDown on a weekly basis. Mm. That show's not really giving you much of a reason. Tune in for like this week's one, because it's a bigger show, but... Anything else? I don't think so, mate. Yes. Yeah, so you uh, you have the ability to watch stuff in the background. Mm. I can't do that. I ju I just have I get tunnel. I've always got tunnel vision. I'm either doing this thing or I'm doing that thing. I hate having stuff on in the background. Can't even listen to music with lyrics. <laughs> it has to be lyricless music when when I when I write. 
uh, the so yeah, I guess my week looks like Raw SmackDown. You watch live broadcasts, which are going to have adverts in. So I guess one way around that would be to find something or record something where you can skip the adverts. Mm-hmm. You immediately save uh, half an hour to forty-five minutes there. Although he's already down to a two-hour version of it. Yeah, yeah, that's nice. But yeah, you, nice. I wouldn't want that because you're missing an hour of Raw there. Mm-hmm. Although, like that does sound very nice. I wouldn't. I don't like the idea of missing stuff. You can watch YouTube. So WWE upload those yeah. YouTube clips. Um, the uh, other stuff to watch, just drop 205 Live because it doesn't really affect larger continuity. NXT's worth watching. Yep. So there's a lunch break right there. That's a nice 45, 50 minute show that they yep. do over an hour. So there's your lunch break. Um, I you, I always watch Ring of Honor's TV Friday evening with a pizza when I can. <laughs> and New Japan, I often watch Saturday, Sunday morning, depending when it was on. Although we just watched the main event of Destruction in Fukushima. We certainly did, yes. With uh, Michael, Michael Elgin. Elgin and Minoru Suzuki, which was which was okay. It was well, a completely overbooked <laughs> schmoz, and I quite enjoyed it. Yeah, with the New Japan stuff, to get into Japanese wrestling, Kate, they... They only run major shows. Like their TV's a bit strange from what I can work out. And anything that says Road Two, don't watch it because it's like a house show. It doesn't really have anything that furthers storylines or big cool matches. It's just loads of tags. So Cage Side Seats do a really good breakdown of what's worth watching on uh, on New Japan. They'll give you like uh, ratings. Like one is miss, threes. This is really good. You should try and watch it. Five's like this is unmissable. You need to see it. And if you go on there and you go, oh, I should watch these matches, go on to New Japan World and just work your way through the card and watch those matches. That's how I do it because their their cards are really long, three yeah. and a half, four hours. Wrestle Kingdom's like twenty days. Yeah, it uh, is a, they are long shows. <laughs> so that's that's the way to do it. And then if you just hear of a match here and there, like a Progress or an, an Evolve. Just try and watch that. Just individual matches. That's yeah, a way to do it. That is a good way to do it, yeah. It's to, it's to see what people are talking about and just try and find those, locate those individual matches themselves. Like, I do that with um, Stardom when I can. People will talk about, like, a certain match, and I'll be like, okay, cool, I'll try and find that on YouTube or somewhere. In fact, 205 Live, you can just watch in GIFs. <laughs> I, I can see most of 205 Live in streamable links posted to Reddit. Yeah, pretty much. I um, Yeah, I mean, I didn't even get results for 205 Live because mm. they never talk about it on Raw. Great mailbag questions. Just just great mailbag questions. They were, they were fine mailbag questions. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the, you're not going any more than fine? No, no. If I was to rate it using a popular rhyming Raw score, mm-hmm. I'd give it a call. You give it a call. That's yeah. still pretty good. Four out of five. It's not the best ever. The best ever mailbag. <laughs> no, I enjoyed it though. They were good questions. I love crack gimmicks. I still don't entirely know what crack no, gimmicks is. I was going to say, I still. You were talking about the signing of uh, of Jack the Lumberjack, and I suddenly thought, I have no idea how this thing is meant to work. I thought we just wanted crap gimmicks. Yeah, but it's. I think it's going to be a big thing when we finally find someone crap enough to sign. I don't get it though because I don't understand what your criteria is because they are I crap don't know gimmicks. either <laughs> they are crap gimmicks it's, it's got to not get over in the slightest oh okay well I mean it's, it's different for me because everything will get over with me because I like crap gimmicks yeah. that's why the gimmick battle royal is one of the best Wrestlemania matches of what? all time then there must be like a recent gimmick though that you didn't like that didn't get over with you um, well, Bray Wyatt's not getting over with me at the moment. There you go. Yeah. But, that, that would... but that's not a crap gimmick, though. It's a good gimmick that isn't getting over. Yeah. But, like, okay, making Neville a uh, Mighty Mouse, which you, was a rumoured thing. Which was the rumoured yeah. thing, yeah. Uh, yeah, that would have been a bad, that would have been a crap gimmick. There you go. That's what we're looking for. So you want me to hate it? Yeah. Oh, okay, in which case, then Jack the Lumberjack can't get in there. Yeah, exactly. Like I'm sorry, Jack the Lumberjack. <laughs> yeah, we... but, then, but then people, like, we... <laughs> They failed the medical. I don't know because, but my suggestion of the fishmonger with Annette, thank you to the fan that suggested that, with the um, who will fill it their fans, that would get over with me as well. But that to me is a perfect crap gimmick. But it got over, so it is not. It was a good example to get the ball the ball rolling. But it's not a good example because it was he would have been signed. It's like saying he wouldn't have been uh, signed. It's like saying a good example of a Google whack. It doesn't exist, man. (laughs) There's too many possible combinations. I don't know. We'll hash it out. Maybe we'll come up with something. Some. We'll, we'll know what we're doing one day. Let's read some iTunes reviews. First from Gino Salazar. They write, favourite wrestling podcast. Luke and Ollie have great wrestling... 
<laughs> that isn't in the thing. Luke and Ollie have great chemistry. They are super laid back, and it's always a good time. My favourite podcast to listen to whenever I'm driving or have any kind of free time. I would seriously recommend this to anybody who is looking for a new podcast. Gino Salazar. Gino. 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 What's the uh, the Dex's Midnight Runners song? No? No. No, I was trying to think, well, the only uh, Dex's Midnight Runner song I do know is... Come on, Eileen. I was going to say, that's Come On Eileen, isn't it? That's a good wedding track. They've got loads of hits. Uh, Jonathan v- Version 1. Says, v1. v1. Great show. Love the casual conversational manner. They talk about wrestling. We sure do. We sure do, Jonathan V1. V1. Cheers. And finally, from Brett G from Detroit, Ollie and Luke are fantastic. This podcast is for all types of wrestling fans. Both Ollie and Luke are incredibly into wrestling, as well as charismatic, funny, and knowledgeable about the wrestling scene. Bonus, their British accents are easy to understand and incredibly funny. Hmm. Do we sound funny or does it just mean I think it's just the, we're, the, we're comedic the, those, those Americans do love a British accent. Those I, they, they told me that in love, actually. For those hardcore fans, they break down Raw and Smackdown very well and judge them fairly and consistently. Their YouTube channel, Wrestle Talk, has a wealth of news and Raw and Smackdown in about four minutes summaries. Which is, this is just a, a lot of way to say uh, he likes us very much. I, I feel a bit <laughs> weird if I just keep on saying how great we are after a while. Yep. But a thank you, Brett G. Woo! Yes, Cheers, Brett, Brett G. G. Good review. Thank That's you. a great five-star review. Speaking of, we'll be back on Wednesday with that Raw and Smackdown review. We certainly will. And we will see you then. I love you. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.